Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. And we have a really special guest today. You guys have been pestering us to get her on the show. And we finally dragged her here by force. And we're going to be having a conversation with the beautiful Makundwa. Makundwa, do you want to introduce yourself? Do you <laughs> want to have more adjectives? Yeah, I feel like just those. the beautiful. Bitch, I already had you the know beautiful. What? Give us something fresh. <laughs> wow, <laughs> the beautiful. I know. Is she unintelligent? Okay, so. Does she lack nuance? <laughs> Thank so you. The, the celestial Ugandan. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, please East take Ugandan African. out. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> she said, "I'm gonna take Ugandan out." I hope you guys remember that. No, I'm disgusted. You know She's they brought anti-black. back the. They've literally they're putting back the kill the gays law by December. So I'm yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. You know, before we dive in, please explain your people. Oh, who's uh, I'm Danish. Hey, sis. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. Don't know her. Okay, you don't Thank identify you as a black. Me. <laughs> <laughs> So now I just want to to clarify that we are on three continents filming this shit. So, yeah, I hope you guys know what we've gone through mm-hmm. to make this happen. Accurate. Tell them. So today we're going to be talking about self-development. Why do we develop ourselves if we continue to remain trash? And is self-development even a worthwhile pursuit? And why is it that the people who are so invested in self-development are often the ones who don't actually need it the most? Mm. So we're talking about self-care, we're talking about self-development, and we'll also touch on self-development in the context of romance and dating, and the pursuit of happiness. Why do we do all of these things? (laughs) Um, Let's start off with both of you guys. Like, why do you guys develop yourselves? And what are you developing, really? Can I start? Because <laughs> when you said self-development and romance, I... So this year, yeah, this year I'm not dating, us. I'm celibate through and through. And I was telling my friends, I was like, yeah, I'm working on myself so that when I start dating, you know, I'll be like an elevated person and then, you know, it'll really work out. And they were saying... And then you'll date a ghost. Do you know what I mean? They were like, do you know that the people your dating pool is not working on themselves at all. So please don't expect people to meet you where you assume you're trying to go. Um, And that really hit me like a... A ton of breaks. Yeah, because I think I I have a feeling. So for me, self-development can't be individual. It has to be in relation to someone or something. And so now I develop myself in relation to the person I live with, my sister. I develop myself in relation to my family, my friends, but not just a like nebulous idea of what morality or goodness is because that never comes and because no one else is doing that work. So I'm actually just (laughs) isolating myself by trying to be better. I don't want to isolate myself out of the dating pool, out of the friendship pool. (laughs) Mm. So that's where I am. (laughs) 
No, I feel that. I've also been thinking, like, I think we had an episode on this where I touched on this, about the pursuit of intelligence. And it's like, studies have shown that the more intelligent you are, the more depressed you are and the more isolated we are. So what is actually the benefit of pursuing intelligence? Why don't we all just be ignorant and happy? Like, if that's the majority of humanity, why don't we all just do that? That's next year's objective. Definitely (laughs) 2020. That's my big year of ignorance. I don't know anything. I didn't see anything. I didn't read that book. I didn't touch that article. You don't know her. Mm-hmm. I don't know I any problems. Yeah, well, <laughs> Flex, why is it everyday psychology today if you're just becoming this like intelligent, emotional super being and no one's no one's there? <laughs> no one's on your level now. Well, it's everyday psychology today because superiority is of supreme importance to me. But on the real, I've definitely mm. slowed down on personal self-development for that exact reason. It is not fun to feel mm-hmm. as though you have... <laughs> a superiority complex over everybody you engage with and I read an article I think it was on CNBC about how who you surround yourself with is more paramount to your success than what you know and so I'm chopping Mm. bitches left right and center I'm snip snip, (laughs) snipping I'm screening more calls than I ever have before because I have a plan (laughs) what a move that's it because what am I trying to do be out here learning stuff and then also the frustration with developing oneself in relation to your intelligence or how you perceive the world is that who I was sharing this information with, they were hearing it for the very first time. So I wasn't even yeah. having healthy, constructive mm. dialogue about these new things I was learning. I became a teacher for the dumb. Oh, that's exhausting. <laughs> for free! That's exhausting because then who teaches you? Exactly. Like you then yeah. are this echo chamber of your knowledge and mm-hmm. it stops there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like also a conversation to have about being... a. a I don't know, a public figure or having a a community on social media where information flows one way only. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it can really isolate you. Absolutely. And it's it's one of those things, yeah, what have you done for me lately? While I'm here sustaining all this information to be and appear, Mm. this beacon of knowledge, and then what? Yeah. Not, oh, the best I love thing, that, yeah. And the best thing you guys did was have a Facebook group because now the, the knowledge is totally democratic. You're Oof, not the gatekeepers. Yes. The people aren't looking to you. Um, yeah, that's like... <laughs> and we're not liable like we used to be. We're, def- <laughs> we're just not liable. Like It's not like Bobo and Flex didn't listen to us. It's you didn't display enough initiative to go to the group and ask your question. There we go. Yeah. I love it. No, I love that. I've also been thinking a lot about black excellence and mm-hmm. how moving forward, I'm divesting. I'm divesting from this bitch doesn't want to be being excellent. excellent. She tried it! No, no, no. No, I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> because you know what? I think black excellence is a scam. I think we'll only truly be free when black people are allowed to be mediocre yes. and still wow. flourish. Look you guys at know Cameron I Diaz. Wow. I literally said Look what Boba just said. Diaz. I said this yeah. at a panel in London. I got booed. I said, <laughs> I said, black people, we need a stopping exit. We need to be mediocre. I got booed. Yeah. No, but we do, hey? No, we do. Because if you look at every single industry across the board, whether it's, whether it's medicine, whether it's like being an astrophysicist or it's being an actor, you see how white people have infinite chances to fail. Yeah. And Scarlett Johansson, her first three movies, she really was the most mediocre bitch in the world. It took her so long to become a good actor. And even then, 
I still don't think she's comparable to a Lupita or a Viola Davis. When you're black, you need to be excellent off the bat. Yeah. And if you're not excellent off the bat, then you're out. Mm. And I just don't feel like that's equality. So I feel like, you know what, like mediocre, laziness... That's just yeah, and that's why I'm a fan of Kanye. Like that's why I'm a fan of all the well, quote unquote, offbeat black people who have yeah. um, who aren't Democrats who have diverging opinions. The Don Lemons, because how can black or how can liberation look like a monolith? And white people don't hold themselves to that standard or anyone else. Yeah. So I just think I mean th- th- from. Once we get to the point where we can go interview Rihanna for Vogue and not come with questions is no! when we've made it. <laughs> Did you guys see that? Hey. She's like, oh, I really didn't have time. Like, I usually come so prepared, but this well, you time... You didn't have time for Rihanna. Who for your you only jo- It's her only job. That woman's a writer. Like, Oy. that's all she does. <laughs> you could have... You, you know if a black girl would have done... She would have literally been shot and published that fact. Could you imagine airing yourself like that? Oh, I didn't. I didn't yeah. come with any questions. And they would reinstate slavery. Rihanna They'd was be like, you know, so blacks are racist. <laughs> All these blacks are lazy. These lazy. They would reinstate slavery immediately. She tried it. Can you imagine? And that's what I'm trying to move against. Like, I need. I need to see black actors who are mediocre. <laughs> yes. I want to see black musicians who are just mid. And I just, I just want to see black women just being mid and flourishing and being happy. You know what I mean? And I've come to that realization for myself. Like, I don't really have, like, I'm not one of those bitches, like, with hella talents. But bitch, I'm ready to be mid at whatever, like, whatever it is that I'll do. I'm ready to be mid. And I'll still flourish the same way yeah. Cameron Diaz did. <laughs> well, um, a question for you, Bobo. First of all, I yeah. don't believe you, but I think that's for yeah, later. Yeah, you know what? Let me, can we just <laughs> yeah. call her out now? Because, okay, I don't really believe you. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. where have you not tried to be excellent? Where have you not? You're a perfectionist. Like, when have... I know, when but has I anything feel like put I've out? been... That's the thing, though. I don't know if I'm naturally a perfectionist or if I've been socially conditioned to be a perfectionist because it's like we've all been told, like, when you're black, you have to work harder than everyone else. Mm. And so I feel like anything that I do must be perfect. And I'm sure I'll never be able to escape that entirely, but I want to be okay with being mid. Will you find joy in being mid? It just sounds awfully like, you know, failure adjacent. Just real. It, do you think so? It just sounds. I think it sounds like sad. Joy. It sounds like you can't pay your bills. It sounds like you haven't done anything no, fulfilling no, no, or no, sustaining in a little while. I'm just trying to see the vision <laughs> because I find excellence doesn't require all your effort. It just requires all your interest. Ooh, hmm. that's so interesting. interesting. Well, that's that's how I've conditioned myself to be a bum, yeah. and bludge and not work as hard as I should. <laughs> Also, okay, I think we've been sold the myth of meritocracy, right? In that, like, the harder you work, the more you'll achieve. Like, input equals output. Mm -mm. And in capitalism, like, that's just not the case. So I guess, like, perfection, I mean, there's no such thing as perfection. But the closest you can ever get to perfection is just being yourself. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed even when it comes to... And I'm always like, I'm always going to be pursuing like being my highest self. But where the, where we draw the line between black excellence and black joy is if you notice, like, let's just look at Hollywood because it's just, 
it's all out there. Like it's a very open industry. Black artists, you're a rapper and then you also own a clothing store and then you also yeah. open, a, like now you're also a philanthropist and then you start a TV show <laughs> and then you own a network. Like black people don't ever stop. Mm. Whereas if you look at like, what does Taylor Swift do besides just make music? Yeah, Beyonce chilling. could never. And while like Taylor Swift... Okay, no, we won't go there. Beyonce could never, Rihanna could never just make music and call it a day. And that's the, that's the thing that I want to err away from. Just this desire to go above what mm. I want to do just to, just to like exist in this realm of being excellent. When really like I can just do what I want to do and be my highest self doing that and be content. Like yeah. why do I also need to open a, a a makeup line and then also own a network and then this I don't really feel like these people are doing that because that's what they want to do I feel like they're doing that because there's there's a pressure to to give back to like to contribute to your community and then there's a pressure to be the best activist you can be like it's wild yeah I think that's also symptomatic of living in America. So I don't think you can remove the New York context. Mm. So mm. you will always be um, a climber if you're in New York. So I think that's also contingent on where you decide yeah, to live. Yeah, no, Bobo. that's facts. That's facts. Mm. Yeah, but I just want to see like a black Taylor Swift who's just <laughs> making hundreds of millions of dollars and just doing so well and just making music, like just chilling, mm. you know? Yeah, man, that is hard. And a question about, uh, with you, Bobo, like back to self-development. Um, mm. I once had a poll, poll and I asked people, do you think you're a good person? Mm. And you were very quick to click yes. And yeah. <laughs> what I want to understand from you, because I also get the sense you um, like believe in goodness and kindness and softness mm. and... Um, yeah. And you've often said that That's my you brand feel, Yeah And you feel sometimes Too soft for this world So how How do you navigate um, Self-dev And who is it for? Do you mean in the context Of like morality Or just I think, Or like romance or, or Or rather If no one's there To witness your morality And your yeah. self-awareness Does it exist? Who is it for? If you couldn't Ooh, Repost bitch, or retweet yourself let Would us you be know, interested? Bobo, because you, this is like That fucking tree philosophy shit If the tree fell And nobody <laughs> You know what? Go on <laughs> She's like I'm still moral I'm still good <laughs> I mean, morality is an illusion, right? But I feel like even in and of that, I still feel like kindness exists, like compassion exists, empathy exists. Like on some level, I feel like everyone is doing the best that they can. But then I also feel like at the same time, capitalism rewards people for being sociopaths and Mm. like for not being empathetic and this and that. And so, and this is why I believe that everyone is inherently good because I think the reason we're trash hmm. is because the world we live in. I know. You need to stop giving <laughs> everybody where, passes like this, Bobo. You have to stop. What do you mean? Put some, How put some agency people on people to do better. And this is why we are having this discussion yeah. to begin with because developing oneself has turned from a constructive autonomous practice to how to perform developing oneself. Both aren't mutually exclusive and both don't help us. Like, you tried it, bitch. You tried it. I'm fighting you. 
No, I agree with you in that there's a difference between performing self-development and like actually developing yourself. But to answer the question of if you if you're like working on yourself and no one is there to experience it, like are you working on yourself? Yeah. But I feel like it's impossible because I don't think anyone lives in a vacuum. Mm. And so if I am working on myself, like there's going to be external effects of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's possible to not have an effect unless you like live by yourself in yeah. the Amazon forest. I guess a good consideration and, is and, and. if you are working on yourself yeah. and you're not given the space to prove that the work has been actually done and ex- like an experience and have you really worked on yourself? Like, let's say I'm pretending. But do you need to do that? Absolutely. What is the Why? work unless you can see the outcome of the work? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I'm asking, like, do you need to... Like virtue signaling. Like, do you no, need to well, do that thing where not you're in like that sense, showing people that you're giving homeless people money? No, but not in that sense. Remember I was telling you how I was, I wanted to build my resilience because I hadn't really been in positions where I was forced to bounce back because shit just happens as it should. I got some, some mm. good shit in my astrology chart. And so I told myself that I wanted to work on my resilience <clears throat> and that I'd been reading all these articles about conflict resolution and how to bounce back and, you know, creating emotional support systems. And remember when I was on the way to Ghana and I had to catch like fucking five planes and every time I missed my plane, I cried like a baby and I was just immobile, unable to bounce Mm -hmm. back, unable to resolve conflict, unable to articulate myself. And so up until that point, I had convinced myself that I was a resilient person, but without that, dare I say, challenge, then I was never going to know that I wasn't. So in this case, if you are convinced you have done the work and convinced you have built skills, but haven't been challenged or haven't been forced to show that those skills exist, then are those skills even there? Well, I don't think it's a destination. Like, I don't think anyone is ever going to get to the point where they're like, I'm a fully actualized, enlightened person. Like, then you would just be Buddha and you would disappear into the next dimension. Mm. But I feel like like self-development is a journey or like working on yourself is a journey. And not that you're doing it for other people's gaze, but just because you know that like because we're all interconnected like if you're trash your your effects aren't only felt on the people around you but on yourself so the incentive isn't really from an individual perspective it's like collective like if i'm making the world trash for everyone i'm also making it trash for myself but also i just feel like like inherently like when you do something trash like you just feel bad like i think that's the purpose of I guilt i disagree you know what i mean yeah because i'm wondering do you think so? i do trash it all the time i don't feel a thing how do you know it's trash wait how do exactly. you know it's trash yeah it's a spectrum of trash number one and number two what's that it's to also feel bad subjective about? right is it? And what I think do you that's mean? What I'm like, confused. okay, if you shoot, if you shoot someone, no, 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 don't thing, take no, it. Away from we're not doing hypothetical. Yeah, do we're not, not doing hypothetical. <laughs> I'm saying every day you benefit from capitalism. Every day you walk past somebody who is needy and you don't help. Every day you eat meat and dairy. Every day you screen a call instead of having you know a constructive conversation. Every, you know, these things are all trash. Yet I sleep. Yet I rise. Yeah, but it's like we can't think in the context of absolute. You took it's a like, this, If I had a gun. <laughs> no, but in, in the sense of like, No, but it's like morality isn't... Like nothing is absolute. It's yeah. like 
just because you're a good person, mm. that doesn't mean that you're all you do is good. Like it's impossible mm. to be an ethical person under capitalism, but that doesn't mean that it's not a worthwhile pursuit. Okay, my I have a question. Wait, wait. My question for you guys is: Why do you think being or like striving to be a better person isn't a worthwhile pursuit? Mm. Because um, re- being rewarded for your attempt isn't helping anybody, and we've all been rewarded for attempts at I being disagree. better. I don't want your attempt. Wait, I want a mean? positive outcome. I think throughout our whole existence, we get rewarded for attempting to. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to do good. I'm trying to make sure that the world is a better place. And in your attempts to try, you have yet to succeed. So stop with the noise. Oh, but that's an absolute. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like no one is either on zero or a hundred. You know what I mean? Like that's absolutely if true. Someone, if someone wakes up and decides, like, I want to be a vegan because I realize the world is ending, and like, fuck, like I want to do my part in some way. Most people don't just wake up and are just like, I'm vegan today. Like they have to like try to get there, and then eventually they'll get there. Absolutely, but like. Yeah, it's like fundamentally proven that in the process of trying and being rewarded for trying, your body registers that as success and completion. So what I'm saying <laughs> is that if there are eight billion people trying, mm. and because we've all been rewarded for this attempt at trying, and nobody completes the task at hand, then should the focus be on completion, not the attempt? Like, of course, it, we should praise attempts. I think the focus should be on the journey. And because the, there but is, the focus never gonna is be on completion. the journey, and here we are, a, a, a world separated by those <laughs> who try, get rewarded for trying and don't do, and those who try and do and aren't rewarded as much as those who try and didn't. I don't think I don't hmm. think that's how it's happening. Only because I don't think there is much completion. Ha- like no one has dismantled capitalism. No one's ended global warming. But it, no but one's that's ended on a, world on a, hunger. On a macro scale, I'm talking about what you said to begin yeah. with. Like, what is the point of those those who currently develop themselves are those who are trying and doing and face less mm. praise than those who don't try at all or try on a minor scale. Like nobody wants to talk to the bitch who's been like trying and doing and like has succeeded. That's not a story yeah. that sells. Everyone loves the, the bum who's been out here trying for years <laughs> to quit smoking and hasn't. But they're 30 years at attempting. It's just so amazing. But why would that be your measure if it's like not attainable? This idea of fully arriving at like, yeah, at, at the attempt. What do you mean fully arriving at the attempt? Or fully arriving. So why would an absolute your measure of, be yeah why would yeah. it be an end goal when that end goal like we just no one can reach that like that's not how humans work we know it's the thing i'm saying is like knowing knowing that we can't reach things and then mediocrely yeah. trying isn't success to me okay but what is success if there's no reaching it like if reaching it is impossible then how do we measure success because reaching goals aren't linear there are steps in which you can like have an achieved little wins and have an achieved little bout to success this narrative around trying and not attempting is what i'm trying to get away from so when we talk about developing Mm. oneself i'm not talking about that person who's like oh i read a book congratulate me i'm developing oneself i'm talking about let's put more emphasis on those who are reading the book going to therapy x y and z but even then those people who are doing the work aren't satisfied because we know there's no destination so then now what is the point like what are we celebrating what are we getting exciting for why do we encourage anyone to do better when we know those who do and try want more and those who don't try at all fear that there's nothing at the end (laughs) i mean i think 
I think this is an interesting conversation because it also points to the futility of existence <laughs> as a whole. Like, like the end goal for everyone is death. Like, ultimately, whoa, we're whoa, not- whoa! What do you mean? <laughs> the end goal. <laughs> I mean, not the end goal, but the, the, the end destination for okay. everyone. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, not the end goal. So the, the destination for everyone is death, right? Mm-hmm. And real, like life is futile, it's absurd, and it's inherently meaningless. But I don't think that is reason enough to not like strive for better because I think if no one strive for better, then everyone would just kill themselves because what's the point? You know what I mean? Like... But I think and that's I think happening. that is the yeah. pursuit. I think everyone's striving for better, but in their direction. So me, Kanye, yeah. and Donald Trump, we are all working okay, as hard as we can. Dream team. Yeah. And <laughs> literally the dream team. And we will, I think self-development for all three of us is going to look so different. At the end of our lives, yeah. when we all look back and say, wow, I did a good thing, it's going to look different for all three of us. And that's yeah. why I'm confused about morality because what Trump does and thinks I'm really looking after my community and myself and what I do and think I'm really looking after my community and myself are so yeah, different. Yeah, but all of you are, are right. Do you get Yeah, it? and that's why I feel like, who am I to impose any sense of morality I personally don't want to put people in cages. I personally don't think that's right. But who am I? Yeah. Who am I to impose my sense of the world on anyone? On, and so I end Trump. up being, yeah. how do we stop everyone being a pacifist? Like, mm. I feel like I'm leaning towards because I'm like, I can't control anyone. I can just control myself. Mm-hmm. But then things like genocides and people in cages happen. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. where do we, how do we create a standard then? And how is that standard not leaving people behind? And then by that same vein, if by living Mm. and doing, you are essentially being better, then what's the difference between living and developing oneself if it's all just intrinsic? So I think like all of this is subjective, like morality is an illusion in the same way that like everyone is doing their best. Even the person who wakes up, goes to Walmart, comes back, plays video games. And then, so why do we also bother trying to make everyone uniform? Like, why do we bother trying to end racism? Why do we bother trying to end global warming if, like, everyone's facing a different direction and doing the best they can in that direction? (laughs) No one is ever going to unite on one thing, especially Mm. under capitalism, because people don't have the time. Mm. But also, like, no one has to care. And it's, Mm. it's not realistic to expect everyone to care about global warming. Like, realistically, why would Trump care to end racism? Like what? Mm. What incentive does he have? He's a billionaire, old, like seventy-something-year-old white man. What incentive does Trump have to end racism? But I do think there's value in pursuing something that is outside of yourself, and that value is just like to escape the futility of your own existence. Ooh. Have you guys ever read uh, the Myth of Sisyphus? Absolutely not. <laughs> Thanks. <for that. laughs> I love that I'm screaming. <laughs> Myth of Sisyphus gnosis. So no, so it's a story about this guy who he did some fuck shit and then God punished him and was just like, for the rest of eternity, you are going to roll a, a rock up a mm. hill. And every time he gets to the top of the hill, the, ro- the ball just rolls all the way oh, back down. Yeah. And then he has to repeat and he just has to do that entirely. So like that story is just a metaphor for what life is. And that literally is what life is. We're all just rolling rocks up a hill. And when you get to the top of the hill, the rock rolls back down and you just repeat. There's no meaning to it. When you get to the end, you'll eventually die. You did it for absolutely no reason. (laughs) 
but the only way to endure the only way to like endure that life is to imbue meaning into the thing that you're doing mm-hmm. yeah and so if we're all out here rolling a rock up a hill the best that we can do for ourselves is to come up with some sort of meaning or joy in doing that and so for some people that's like I'm gonna save the dolphins for some people that's I'm gonna amass billions of dollars and be Jeff Bezos and then for some people it's I'm gonna go to my job at Walmart every day and then I'm gonna come home and play video games and go to sleep and repeat Mm. and so like everyone has their own way of making life tolerable because it's inherently intolerable And if you don't distract yourself with some sort of meaning or purpose or a pursuit that's outside of yourself, you'll realize that all you're doing on a day-to-day basis is rolling a a rock up a hill and that will literally kill you. And so I feel like that is why we should be pursuing something outside of ourselves. But that's not to say that we should be like judging people or projecting your internalized or your preconceived notions of what a good person is. And so like for me, when I say I'm a good person, I'm not saying it in relation to anyone else. I'm saying I'm a good person because I'm pursuing being my highest self. And that's it. Like I'm not going to end racism. Yeah. Like my I'm not here to like I'm not here to save the world. Like I'm not that bitch. Like I'm not going to end racism. And like most of us won't. We're not going to end yeah. racism. We're not going to end global warming. But what I will do is maybe create the podcast that the bitch who will end global warming will listen to. Or will co-host. Like, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I'm dead. You know? <laughs> I'm dead. But then question. You know, like that's my highest aspiration. Yeah. Like I know I'm not going to save the world, but I will create the thing that the person who will save the world will listen to. Because... I'm an entertainer. Like, I know who I am. If I'm an entertainer, then that's what the fuck I'm going to do. Like, in yeah. the cast of the world, I'm the jester. Come on, Broadway. Like, I'm not the king. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know my role. I'm content with it. And I'm doing my role to the best of my ability. And I'm chill with it. And I'm minding my own business. Yeah. And to me, that's being a good person. And to some, to Jeff Bezos, he's like, bitch, you're a lazy ass bum. What the fuck are you doing? Why aren't you a billionaire? But that's his business. Like, I think part of being a good person is also just minding your own fucking business. But how how then is your identity as a mm. black person complicated? Because mm. to me, so much of the black identity, um, the diaspora over, is about yeah, pain. a shared morality, um, virtue signaling, signaling, and like yeah, a really streamlined. This is right. This is wrong. This is how, what we believe is a oh, it's yeah, a worthy no, cause I've, of fighting. I've opted out. I know I'm the village drunk. Like <laughs> I feel like also like I'm the jester, and I'm also the village drunk. Like love it. I know I have my hot takes, and a lot of people don't agree with the shit I say. But I'm gonna die one day. So like, why? I also think like. You know, like social media and society really rewards us for being caricatures of ourselves, especially when you're forced to fit yourself into an identity like blackness. Like now, just because you're black, you must become the caricature of blackness and you must be D-Ray. No, I'd rather be the village drunk and opt out of my like black societal expectations and that be that. How do you guys navigate Mm. your blackness um, in the context of morality and like feeling like you need to have like a shared experience 
I don't feel that way at all. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're all on the same page with this. I really don't. But do you feel but Flex, do you feel do you acknowledge that there's an expectation or pressure of that? Absolutely. Um and that pressure does feed into why I opt out of identifying as a black caricature. It doesn't serve me and it doesn't mm. suit me and it's worth it's much more effort than the reward. I mean, it's a catch-22, right? Because if you lean too far into the black caricature, then you alienate those around you and you make yourself subject to stereotypes that are, you know, weapons formed against you. And then you separate Mm. yourself from the black caricature and then you are anti-black or you you risk being out of touch with your culture and these things that fuel you and give you connection to your own being. But we're all dying, so I've come to terms with that. I'm fine with them. Yeah, mm. so it's like, why be a caricature? And it's- Are you shucking and jiving, Mukundra? <laughs> oh no, Flex, go on. Um, I Well, look, I wear all my identities. So as a black person, a Ugandan, African, queer woman, um, I wear them like clothes. So whatever yeah. suits me in that environment is what I'll i'll play up to Mm -hmm. but i know that none of those things are me and by over identifying is where you have the most pain and like suffering Mm -hmm. and so i'm just acutely aware that none of that stuff it it i'm gonna wear each identity as long as it suits me the minute it's not Mm -hmm. fun i'm just not gonna overly like lean into it too heavy but i really feel like identity is supposed to just be fun funsies Mm -hmm. having a vagina is fun like and if it's not i'm just not gonna lean into what um what that experience is is kind of popularized to look like um and then the same with blackness if i'm in an environment where it's it's not favorable to be black i'm just not gonna lean into that experience and i'm not gonna and yeah i just think over attaching ourselves um just exhausts you and doesn't actually serve any of us Mm. but i also know people that's an offensive idea i know people um yeah yeah, i understand (laughs) But I don't relate. I don't like so I don't like being a slave. So I basically manage <laughs> yeah. that as much as possible. Tea. Yeah, I don't like slavery yeah. either. Yeah. It's not fun. Wait, so how do we manage um I was thinking about what Bobo was saying the other day about um I think on your Instagram story, Bobo, about this whole plague of independence yeah. and how we've convinced ourselves that we are separate from everybody else and therefore this mm. singular experience is um an illusion. Is an illusion also. and But how does that intersect with what we're saying now, where we choose and choose not to identify with a community that kind of gives us identity? Does it work? Are we contradicting ourselves? I don't think we are, hey? I think we can... I think we can acknowledge that, like, we're existing in the stratosphere and, like, we're a part of it. It's in the same way that, like, we're all a part of nature, but that doesn't mean I'm an elephant. Like, that doesn't mean I'm a whale. But I'm still like I can I can be me and I can play my role mm. and I can do what I need to do. But I don't need to be like everyone else. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a whole puzzle, and we're all different puzzle pieces that fit in wherever. I just think it's about staying in your lane and being yeah. who you are, and like like play your role. Kanye needs to play his role to the best of his ability. Yeah. Mandela needed to play his role to the best of his ability and keep it pushing. Yeah. And like we need all those characters. What do you guys think your role is? Like how I was saying that in the caste system, I know I'm the jester and the village drunk. <laughs> what do you guys think? And so I'm just here to be the best jester I can be. I'm going to shuck and jive to the grave. Um, mm. What do you guys think is your role? Because I like just believe like being a good person is just doing the best in your role. So what is your role? Hmm. 
I want to be a an approachable and well understood um, antagonist by circumstance who's well liked. <laughs> <I'm dead. laughs> There's too much pressure to be the protagonist. Just say a dictator. My storyline, like, it needs layers. It needs nuance. And I don't want to be in a position where I'm made to feel as though I need to be everybody's best friend to be a value. Mm. Um, I've seen how that works. It does not. So however I can get away with just doing what I want, saying what I want, be being hyper-contradictory and making overgeneralized statements and being able to take them back at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Is that like a lawyer? Gee. Should I be a lawyer? <laughs> yeah, you're the you're the court martial. I think it's Mugabe. Court it's like <laughs> mm. What about you, Mukunda? What's your role in the cosmos? I think my role is to seek out pleasure as much as possible and to avoid mm. pain as much as possible. Um and I think, so who would that be? That would be like the cousin of, or like the brother of the queen. That would be Tyrion in Game of Thrones, Ooh. who does nothing <laughs> but inherits. Um, well, I identify. Yeah. That's yeah, I that. think. Are they all hedonists? Yeah. yeah we've all got to a certain extent. energy. I think it's very radical to choose not to suffer and mm-hmm. in yeah. whatever lane you're in, in whatever space, whatever privileges you have. I think it's radical to, to lean into your privileges and um or radical i think it's important so Mm. yeah that's just what i I really just want to have as much fun as possible and experience as little pain as especially self-inflicted pain because i think that's the majority of it um Mm. yeah what does that look like like i think maybe i'm not a hedonist per se but i'm definitely like about pursuing pleasure and joy um and prioritizing that but what does that look like for like each of us individually Mm -hmm. okay well it looks oh right okay for me it looks like just being day-to-day choices the choice that's right in front of me literally making the Mm. best of those so i'm going to be on a skype call for an hour um i should probably have a pillow behind my back and not like sit up straight it's literally pleasure and pain the next one is i'm on twitter i'm scrolling it's all fun and then i start reading threads about um misogyny and it's starting to make me sad i just log off so it's literally whatever's in front of me making a decision that prioritizes um like even an echo chamber of pleasure if that's what i want just facilitating that for myself um Mm. so always facilitating what interests me at that moment Mm. uh and not prioritizing being balanced or being reasonable because that looks so different for for different people so it looks like using what do you mean um, not biodegradable uh because i want to even though environmentalists drag me on instagram like it's just that yeah what do you mean um not being balanced or reasonable so i think people would say for example turning off the news because it upsets me that's that's not reasonable you need to know what's going on you have to know you have to be an engaged citizen Mm, um yeah so there are many ways that we avoiding trauma people can find unfair because a they're they couldn't avoid it and so they want you to like share that experience and mm. be again like virtue signaling signaling it's expected that you engage and be frustrated and upset and um yeah just like engaged by the same things 
And so Americans do that a lot where everyone wants to be, expects everyone else to be upset at the same things. And I'm saying, I'm Ugandan. Why would I, why are you asking me to protest a shooting in America when things are happening in Uganda? You don't, it's not, it's, you know, it doesn't happen the same way around. So it happens a lot with American culture, with dominant culture, expecting, um, yeah, everyone to care about the same things, i.e. American issues. So I just don't do that. Yeah, I remember someone DM me to to ask me to talk about cultural appropriation. <laughs> I mean, and I was like, cultural appropriation is trash, but it's also not my problem because like I'm African and I don't think continental Africans I don't think that's our portion. Like I don't think that is our problem to be talking about because we don't have like cultural appropriation is a problem of cultural ownership. And I don't have that problem. So why am I taking up space in that area to talk about some shit that doesn't affect me? And the, yeah. the person was really offended. But it's like, but no. And then someone was like, can you talk about Afro-Latina? Why would I talk about why the plight of being an Afro-Latina? I'm not even American, let alone Latina. Like, and it's always the what? people who do the least. So you've so that person's yes. not even trying to change.org. <laughs> like, not even that. But now Bobo must come and elevate your voice. No, friends. Can you imagine? Um, Flex, you're the queen of pleasure mm. um, <laughs> and opulence. <laughs> we stand. In what ways are you like pursuing pleasure in your life? Um, <clears throat> I think on a day to day, I'm actually quite simple with it. And similar to what Makunda says, prioritizing what feels good in that moment, purely because mm. I want to and I'm my own priority. I think I was... A- yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Like a bit of a, a bit of a slave to prioritizing other people's pleasure because I thought in turn it would facilitate how they view me. And by that I was getting, the gratification was fueling me. Gratification is not fueling me. It doesn't pay for my ASOS orders. It doesn't give me enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like these online compliments aren't helping me pay my bills. So for yeah. me also, and as you mentioned in previous episodes, understanding that honestly we are decaying bodies and we are closer to death than we expect and realizing mm. that I do not enjoy a lot of what living is like on a day-to-day basis I'm not expressing or experiencing joy as I should be so whatever mm. whatever gives me that feeling in that moment is what I'm doing so it's taking an obnoxious yeah. amount of holidays it's eating food that's not made by anything that's was once real or once breathing you know what I mean it's yeah. starting the day with a soft drink ending the day with a soft drink it's listening to <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love it <laughs> no I love it I love you know, it oh, I have a question for Flex so yeah yeah babe, go ahead yeah so how do we and um i know we're not world economists and like we don't have the answers but people so all three of us are probably middle class and above Mm -hmm. how do people lean into pleasure who don't have coins like that i don't know if you can i don't think pleasure back when i was oh okay (laughs) like (laughs) i don't think you can not in the way that we would be doing it do you know what i mean like i can now say at this point in time i can prioritize pleasure over you know quote-unquote stability or security because all those things 
exist for me already you know let's say when I was living you know as a more working class person and I really did have to be at work you know those 45 hours a week or I wasn't going to pay my phone bill or I wasn't going to be able to pay my rent these pleasures weren't my privilege at that point but I can acknowledge my privilege now and that privilege allows me to do things in this way the pleasure that most people Mm. aspire to and they can't have is situational like this person who Ooh, is working 45 hours a week and can't afford their rent isn't going to derive pleasure from taking, um, you know, some a moments holiday, off yeah. to breathe. That's not the pleasure they're looking for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Well, it is, but it's just not accessible to them yeah. right now. And I guess, yeah, that's where like suffering comes mm-hmm. from. Flex, wait, do you feel guilty for having... <laughs> I was also going to ask yeah, you I that. Know. Not at all. Guilty. I know the answer though. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Mood. She screamed. I will watch you suffer with my headphones on. Noise cancelling. I'm crying. <laughs> I really don't feel bad at all because by all intents and purposes, I should remain this oppressed individual who is struggling to exist, who's, who's just like... I'm just over it. Like the narrative of what it should be to be a black woman says we should be Mm. sad and angry and uncomfortable for the sake of everybody else. And I'm in a position where I don't have to be. And I'm loving it. I don't want to be the alternative. Shit's hard out there. I see the way people work for scraps. (laughs) I see the the way people work for scraps. I see it because we were all there to convince that that was was it. You know, I was here, you know, I remember working in PR and literally going to work at 7 a.m., leaving at 9 p.m. talking about this is the life. Hoes wish they had my job. Like everyone comes in interviews and like you can't have this job because I'm esteemed and shit. Excuse me? Have you even yeah, seen the sunlight in weeks? <laughs> like, are you okay? Like, depressive yeah. spirals aren't healthy, baby. <laughs> so, well, I think that's why all three of us have pursued being like our own our own bosses. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just not doing this nine to five thing. Um, and as unsustainable as that is, or at least for me, it is because I have no, I never know what's oh, next. Lord. Yeah, <laughs> and that gives me so much anxiety. But mm. I prefer the angst of not knowing where my next paycheck is coming from as opposed to the angst of knowing that I'm dying in a chair. And it's, which isn't to say that like I'm shaming anyone in a nine to five job, but it's all preference. Like what type of anxiety do you want to choose? Pick and and choose and pick and push. Yeah. We've got options. Pick your poison and keep it pushing. (laughs) You know what I mean? And also I feel like everyone needs to listen to us with that nuance in mind. I feel like a lot of people had mentioned in previous episodes that we were a little bit insensitive towards those who have to work in nine to five. Now, I don't want to be the person who says we all have choices, but at the time where I transitioned out of a nine to five, free will is a myth. I was I was taking a risk. It's not as though I was like here, you know, being kept, had a baby daddy, you know, who had the coins going for me. So please don't pretend yeah. that we're here by chance and that you know our privilege is our birthright and we're like six foot mm. five, tall, white, attractive white men who have benefited from nepotism. Read the room. We're black women, right? <laughs> black women who are managing African, black mind African you. women who are managing to sustain themselves On a visa. in creative fields. Yeah. Like read the room and understand that this wasn't meant to be. It wasn't fated. It wasn't our portion. It wasn't our calling. But we made it work. So when I say that I don't have yeah. the range to want to work at a nine to five anymore, and then I view that as personal hell and suffering, understands that I've been there before and I didn't like it, and I've been there mm-hmm. longer yeah. than I've and been then in you this current out. position. 
Yeah. And also yeah. that suffering has different dimensions. And I think mm-hmm. we often just look at it as class when it's non-white people. We're like, oh gosh, you know, you have privilege, you have money. But yeah, like <laughs> yeah. we're all suffering. I asked my aunt, so I was in Uganda <laughs> and basically how it works for my parents' generation is that, oh, for me is that I have, I'll have uncles who are millionaires, but then also uncles who are in the village and who are poor, you know, under, I don't know, the dollar a day thing. And so I asked my yeah. aunt, I said, don't you feel so guilty that like, some of your family are literal are just poor people in the village and she was like she screamed like flex and she was like <laughs> not a day in my life because we're all suffering it's just different dimensions i'm suffering too yeah. but like lit- maybe not on an economic level but there is suffering in the yeah. same way there is joy and like you get your portion and i think i just think if we look at it if we look at suffering in one dimension that can really shackle us as well and and make it seem like there is no light when there really is and we really do have options maybe not in one field maybe there are fewer but there are many in another Mm. yeah it's about realizing like the grass actually isn't greener on the other Mm -hmm. side it's just greener wherever you water it so if you if everyone just minded their own business and stopped pursuing dreams that our projections of like other people's lives Mm. i think there would be a lot less suffering on this planet you know if i I stopped comparing myself today i think i'd be the happiest bitch on the planet No, literally because i can't say like as much as i'm a lot more free now that i don't have a nine to five like freedom is not happiness yeah um (laughs) and (laughs) you know what i mean like freedom is not happiness and it is more money more problems and so it like yeah we need and to be nuanced yeah it's weird with freelancing you just realize suddenly you look around and you're like wait i'm working even more i've got yeah yeah actually so many ways what i have gained is daylight and like i choose when i want to suffer but i still suffer like <laughs> i, I put yeah, the hours no, of suffering but it's still it's really interesting yeah the illusion yeah, you also have more bosses like when you're in a nine to five oh, you Jesus. have one boss less protection and when, when you're you freelancing get paid, it's trash that's yeah. a really good point about choosing to suffer. I think that the average person, not the average person, but if you're a person in a conventional situation, life situation, career situation, you are ch- told how you are going to suffer and then you naturally can can lean on your peers for tools on how to cope with that suffering. Who do we lean on for mm. tools on how to cope with our lifestyle? <laughs> Commodifying our existence, being tied to ideals of who we are because we publish ourselves on the internet, not knowing where our next yeah. paycheck is going to be, not having, you know, certain insurances, you know, having to save for sick days. I don't have health to, insurance. All of these things. <laughs> like, My teeth are falling out. Do you really out. want that over your current situation? And if you do, yeah. then I would, <laughs> I would ask you to think more critically about what, securities you're giving up in favor of appearing like your life is easier when it probably would not be and not to compare them linearly but i mean the average person and this is why i get mad people come for celebrities right and saying that they they have chosen you know this public ridicule and they've chosen this public you know indecency when you go to university to learn how to act you're not signing up for somebody to tell you how to think, how to breathe, how to eat, mm, when to yeah. do it, at what time to do it, how to be an ally, how to be an activist, how to be... You, that's not what you signed up for. You're here yeah. to give yourself early psychosis through training your brain to cry. <laughs> exactly. Literally. <laughs> it's very important that we understand um, that, as Mukundra said, like suffering is not linear and it's not this one-dimensional thing where we can trade in one for the other. We will all be suffering yeah. at every point of our lifetime so choose your poison i will choose mine and 
I love that. And I want to also like on the note of suffering, I want to also talk about like the illusion of freedom and how a lot of people <laughs> conflate freedom and happiness. Should I call Kanye I now? Think a lot of people <laughs> listen. <laughs> did you see Kanye? Did you hear that? Did you see that video of him on Twitter? Oh, he went around to that school where he was like, the next it. time slavery Energy. happens, let's make sure we're not all standing <gasps> in the same place. They don't catch us with the same net. I, no, he didn't say Maybe. that. He did. Man, does no, he, he really think they just like they should, they threw a net and then we we're all standing there waiting to be taken? <laughs> I know. What's so interesting about Kanye, Kanye is he like will publish me. these ideas that a friend just like over dinner could have just been like, oh no no no, here's the Google article like yeah. that didn't happen. <laughs> no, Transatlantic slavery just didn't happen with a net, baby. <laughs> with a net. No, I'm so dead. when Kanye net. killed me, Bless him. he killed me when he was like, wait, so. There were ten of y'all, and there was one. <laughs> like there was one white person, and there were ten of y'all. I'm screaming. Nah, y'all chose to be slaves. Kanye really kills me. I like it. You know what I like? He he's so authentic. Like he's yeah. so earnest. A lot of big ideas. Yeah, and for me that counts really for. Kidding. Yeah, that counts for more than virtue. Said he is so earnest. Mm-hmm. Kanye and Azealia Banks. I love Azealia. Podcast. Um, but wait, people are going to drag But we all, they know how we feel about our Geminis. There's Kanye, Azealia, Jordan Peterson, Mukundwa and Trump. (laughs) I'm dead. (laughs) These Geminis, you know what I mean? Like somehow we get the vision. (laughs) Yeah. And we need those polarizing characters to have constructive conversations about the world we live in. We would have never had nuance about what it is to be modern day slaves. I'm, I'm not saying we would never. We wouldn't. People who <laughs> we wouldn't be discussing. Not it. even I us, though. The people who don't have you know the range to comprehend that slavery is a real thing that happened wouldn't even have it on yeah. their noggin to think about the context of how it literally happened. If not for someone as big as Kanye saying that it was a choice. Yeah. You know. Oh, well, was it a yeah. choice? No, absolutely. Did they just jump on the <laughs> it's shit? It's just so weird. But like, also, your uncle's literally a rapist. Your brother's a racist. Your grandmother. So yeah. the way we express our outrage, let's put that inwards first. Let's work on our own. Let's Let's work on our own Ooh, village. Uh-oh. That is how I feel like, eh, eh, guys. But that Boba, sorry, you were saying. Oh, yeah. Freedom. I feel like a lot of people conflate freedom and happiness. Um, so people think that freedom liberates them. When in reality, <laughs> I don't think people like being free. But I just don't think people know that they don't like being free. Mm. We're more condemned to freedom than we are liberated by freedom. Yeah. And... That's like something that when you're making life decisions, you need to factor in how your freedom will be changed. Like when you're transitioning from a nine to five to being your own boss, like factor in how having that extra freedom with how you navigate your time is actually something that you're condemned to as opposed to something that liberates you. Mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. Like now that I work for myself, I realize what a blessing it was to keep busy and not have to think and have a system to push against and to blame for why I'm not doing stuff. Um, (laughs) And now that I have time and I'm not doing stuff, I'm much more overwhelmed. Mm So I think and now you're in an existential crisis. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the middle ground is. I don't know if there is one. But now that I've, wow, I think I can see how I was much happier. <laughs> Just yeah, like when you were enslaved. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Mm-hmm, and w- cause, because when you're accountable and the only person ruining your life is you, mm. 
it's really hard yeah. to process. <laughs> no, it really is. It re- especially like after the school, you've been in school for what, 15 years. You've become accustomed to structure and authority. And now you're thrown into the void and you must navigate that on your own with infinite choices and, and, and. Mm. And it's like, of course, that's going to throw you into an existential crisis, especially because Mm. you romanticized freedom because you saw Gary Vaynerchuk (laughs) and you thought that would be a life. Like, you know, no one person should have to think about themselves as much as we think about ourselves, you know, because it moves past critical into self-destructive way too quickly. I mean, it's one thing. You have just so much time in your head. How am I perceived? What is my worth? What is my purpose? Do I have passion? Am I happy? Am I unhappy? What is freedom? Like it's too much literally, And these are questions (laughs) that you cannot answer And so you're overwhelmed You're thrown into existential angst And and that's why I think It's really important to analyse These dreams that you're chasing Whose are they And why were they sold to you Like why was freedom sold to us But it's not something that I go around Telling people But I find a lot more solace In knowing that for to a large extent, I actually don't have much free will because I feel like knowing that allows me to surrender to the unknown. Like there's so much mysticism Mm. and like external forces that I have no control over. Mm. So when I'm over here, like I'm a free independent person and all of my life can be molded by me entirely. Like that's so overwhelming, like especially on an existential level. When you understand that, like actually there's so many external forces outside of my control, so much external stimuli, so much mysticism happening in the world that it's like it's so much more productive for me to surrender to that and then control the parts that I can control and like that's my that's how I'm navigating freedom mm. like I'm I'm as free as a dog on a leash mm. and that's real that's it for me what do you I don't think? need any more freedom than that because I know Bobo you're not a fan of capitalism um I have a feeling <laughs> how did you know <laughs> I mean while I'm not a fan I think it's such a great distraction from our existence yeah. so would you be comfortable being a kept woman like you marry or what you're with somebody who pays every like you you've got it covered financially wow, that's my dream. and you have that's <laughs> <laughs> but then flex what would you do with your time like what do you think you do the same shit I'm doing now without the pressure of having to <laughs> having to attribute there's only so many times you can do your nails and go to Bali and so you, you think know? so you think <laughs> <laughs> so think about think. how much time you'd have to really pursue this this false idea of purpose and passion if you didn't have to focus on making a living mm. then mm. I'd be out here just thinking full time just sitting down thinking but don't you ever on the last two days of your holidays don't you feel like gosh I'm actually going mad I need to go back to work Oh, I just need to go back to a space that's familiar, not necessarily work. Mm. Oh, interesting. And I think that says more about how we haven't created spaces of familiarity and routine outside of a working environment. Like, I shouldn't fear Mm. what it is to be away from the rise and grind, away from the real life. It's a worry that we don't feel comfortable with ourselves at any space at any any point in time, that we're also trying, Mm. trying to run back to something that's familiar. That's spooky. Oh, so that's so interesting. I would be a barefoot bitch. <laughs> like, definitely. You'd be a freaking like, bitch. I'd be... You'd be down there with the bins. <laughs> freaking. <laughs> the bins and the white men with dreads. Truly, uh, like... Bobo's people. <laughs> no, like, really. Like, I think about, like, especially you, Flex, like, how you're really... 
how you lean into opulence and I love it so mm. much because I'm literally a 13 year old prepubescent boy <laughs> like I don't do my nails I'm just I'm just a barefoot bitch at heart <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like if I didn't have to focus on making money yeah I'd prefer that because I don't agree I don't agree with capitalism I don't agree with the notion that I have to work in order to live yeah like, <clears throat> I just it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I should I don't think that quality of life should be a privilege. Mm-hmm. I think it's I don't think it's something that should be earned. I think it's something that should be freely given. We should all be living in nice aesthetically pleasing houses. Mm-hmm. We should all be eating good ass food. Mm-hmm. We should all be getting to lay out into the sun whenever we want. We should all be getting our titties sucked and our asses eaten. Like hey. I don't think any of that shit should be a privilege. It shouldn't. But I think what capitalism takes from people more than anything is your free will and then also your time. Mm. And those are, like, in the context of being fulfilled and being happy, like, what else is more important than time mm-hmm. and free will? That's true, like, hey? Like, yeah. me being able to choose when, I, when I'm when i a slave matters to me. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. me being able to choose my slave slave uh, shift, mm. it's important. Clocking, clock that out feels when good. you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that feels good. Honestly. <laughs> but I also think, like, we've been conditioned to think that this is our only option. Like, people really stand That's true. capitalism because they're just like well it's the best that we can do this is the best and it's like actually this is the worst possible option of all of our options of all of our choices this was the worst this was mcdonald's this is um but like we need to decolonize our imagination so that we can think outside of our prisons so yeah if i had all the time in the world and i didn't have to worry about money I'd be walking the streets asking everyone, like, why haven't you killed yourself? <laughs> um, <laughs> Just because yeah, you like, have time doesn't mean you won't be arrested, sis. Try it. I'm so dead. <laughs> Bobo, why don't you contextualize that comment with the why? philosopher? Just so you're not. Huh? Contextualize that comment with the philosopher you got it from so you're oh, not yes. beaten. Um, <laughs> I know. So people don't think I'm a psychopath. I know. No, so Socrates, um, the OG of all OGs, basically he lived the way that my dream way of living is. He just walked around barefoot wearing the same cloth every day, (laughs) um, annoying people and asking them, like, why are you alive? Why haven't you killed yourself? What is justice to you? Like, what is freedom to you? Um, And he annoyed people so much to the point that the government actually intervened. The government was like, this nigga's actually fucking with our agenda. And then they politely asked him to kill himself. And, but honestly, I feel like he lived a full life. Like, Did he do it? He woke up, he ate his dream. Yeah, he was just like, okay. Oh. Y'all want me to go? I'm cool. Yeah. So um, they gave, they knocked on his door. His wife was being so extra. She was like, oh my God, Socrates, don't die. Oh my God. He was like, bitch, can you relax? <laughs> He was like, bitch, can you relax? And he drank his poison. He fell to the ground and he died. But I think he lived a really full life. Mm. Like, he had no worries. He woke up, he ate his fruits. He got his ass eaten. He, yes, he annoyed people. But after he died, people were like, low-key, I kind of miss him. Like, you know, like, now I've actually thought about what freedom is. Yeah. So that's my ideal way of living. Like, I just want to walk around barefoot asking people, like, why do you think you're alive? Do you think you have free will? Like, I just want to have conversations with people. 
um, and then like go home to get my titty sucked, eat ice cream, and call it a day. That sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think what's you should, your dream, like Mukundwa? My dream, oh gosh, my dream. I actually thought about that. I was like, if I didn't need money, what would I do? And honestly, I'd probably just like always have friends over for lunch. Oh, I'd just like gosh. go to different restaurants yeah. and window shop. And then I'd shortly probably kill myself because I think you can only do that. So, and not because of anything sad, but just because that gets boring after a while. Or maybe I'd have babies. I don't know. But think about all the learning you could do. Like you could go and study. Yeah. You could go see the, like you could go in a submarine. You can go visit Elon oh, that's Musk true. and like start talking Okay, I'll about do all Mars. that. You, but there's flex, so much we haven't once done. Once that ends. Flex, that'll end. After three years, I'll have done all that. Then what? <laughs> three years. Actually, no, you're right, hey? <laughs> You're right. And this is where, like, freedom becomes <laughs> a prison. Because after that, it's like, I'm at the end of my freedom. Now, what do well, I do? I think you need routine. masters and go to bed. <laughs> yeah, no, you need routine. <laughs> like, even, have you noticed, like, did any of you ever have, like, friends who had house, who, who had moms or dads who stayed at home? And those parents, like, really had to keep a routine um, that seemed, like, mm. futile. Like, they'd do yoga, then they'd water the garden. Like, it was all really regimented. Because I think you just go nuts if you're not yeah, concerned about survival. One. I mean, if that's your plan, yeah. put me in both of your wills, because I'm trying to ride it out. <laughs> <laughs> how did edward cullen live for a hundred and something years if there wasn't that much to do i'm dead man's went to I'm high school screaming. how many times there's always that's something so to learn. true there's always that's something. actually disgusting he was securing you know such young pussy that's the, i'm sick oh how you be 200 no, hitting think, on a 15 yeah. year old wow no but yeah i agree with both of you I think, like, if you have friends, you'll be good. Like, as long as no one dies. That's like, true. I think friendship, you can make a new friend. Yeah, it's friendship and community is uh-huh. like... <laughs> Flex said replace. <laughs> Restock. I'm crying. I'm actually crying. Oh. Um, Can we just talk about romance real quick? Yes. Like, just dating before we end off. Um, In the context of, like, self-development. So, we all know that men are trash. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know the whole world knows how do we navigate dating knowing that men are trash but we as women are celestial and we also continue to be celestial hmm. how do you hold those two truths while still enjoying I remember someone asked this in the Facebook group so I'm curious to know how you guys feel how do you hold those two truths like I'm celestial and I only get better over time um, and men are trash, and who knows if they're improving or not. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm unfortunately attracted to them. Well, I think so. How do you navigate dating? I feel like I've the only way I've survived is being understanding of why men are the way they are, and I'm the way I am. Mm-hmm. I only get better mm. because my environment forces me to. As a woman, I can't afford to be mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, there really is a direct correlation between like rewards and my intelligence, mm-hmm. my um, tenacity, my ability to do things and be things and feel things. Whereas men, yeah. um, they don't have to do better and they no still incentive. get rewards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I understand isn't. that. It's very logical. I mean, if they 
the, if they can do as little as possible and get as much as possible, it's only insanity to say, no, I'm going to go above and beyond. I just feel like, why go ab- above and beyond then? So I totally yeah. understand when people don't want to be better because they're privileged. Um, but I guess when I date somebody, that won't be the case because I'll need more. And so the person I couple up with, um, the person I attract to begin with just couldn't be on a level where they're not interested in engaging for engaging sake, like you were talking about earlier, Mm. Bobo. So I think it's more about finding some of those values of, well, I'm going to be here anyway. I'm going to be a slave on earth anyway. I might as well have fun by like stretching myself as much as possible and seeing how far I can be emotionally intelligent or how much I can do and think and feel. Because it's interesting, not for a reward, but just because I want to feel what it is to be human. And that means to stretch ourselves. So that's like how I navigate that. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I'm with that. What about you, Flex? Um, <clears throat> I think it's probably acknowledging that even though I'm, I am a celestial being, I'm trash and underdeveloped in so many ways that probably warrants the mm. trash I was inviting into my life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you're a magnet, as a scientist yeah. Yeah. once said. So that's number one. And number two, I feel like, generally speaking, a lot of cishet women um, are really, really good at talking the talk when it comes to romantic preferences. And you can be a big bitch in your group chat talking about dump him, dump him, <laughs> you're better, you're worth better. I was going to say this But then too. when it comes to execution, <laughs> I see the way, you know, everybody's resolve weakens. You settle for squid And you, you settle, yeah. yeah, for trash. And you wonder why trash cleans itself to you. Um, and so mm. if it's you by how to attract you know someone who's worthy is by making sure you are quite rigid with what you expect um and not in terms of this is how i expect you to be but preparing and presenting your standards and inviting somebody to hang and if they and like by um what's the word i'm looking for a condition of coming to hang is that you can agree to these these sets of guidelines rules expectations whatever you want to call them and if you can't then we can't engage and the sooner you start doing that in a really honest way in a really Mm -hmm. helpful and open transactional way the easier it is to invite people who are on a level to engage with you I love that you say that because (laughs) you've just reminded me of like hypergamy Mm. right and it's a really popular movement right now and I just realized like (laughs) pretty recently that there's an entire YouTube community of women like teaching girls how to be hypergamous how to pursue men um, with a lot of money, et cetera, et cetera. And then I think about, so for me, I don't agree, only because I think when you approach dating with this, what can I get out of it as opposed to what can I contribute to this relationship, you fail to adequately assess what makes a billionaire want to date you. Mm-hmm. Like When we talk about like men are trash and we talk about dating, is it... Are men trash or are we dating men that are trash? Ooh. And it's like, in what ways are we complicit in our own suffering mm-hmm. when it comes to Fully. Because I also feel like a lot of women want, you want Jeff Bezos, but you haven't assessed why would Jeff Bezos want hey! me? Like you Fully accurate. You know accurate. what I'm saying? <laughs> and so it's like... Mother <laughs> had time today. And so th- <laughs> she said, you trash <laughs> woman. and it's like it's not even necessarily that you're trash but it's just Just like be honest with them (laughs) yeah like think i'm screaming no 100 percent, bobo Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no but it's it's just like 
I think we're selling, I think we're leading women astray when we're selling them the dream. Statistically speaking, there's only, most men are not rich. And so the ones who are rich. <laughs> this is great. This is great. And so, yeah, no, statistically speaking, most men are not rich. Broad generalization, but in general, like society is libidinal and it is driven by the male libido. Mm-hmm. So a guy who is a billionaire has a lot more choices than a guy who is not. And so if there's five million of you in line for this one guy, realistically, why would he go for you who hasn't assessed what you can contribute to the relationship and yet you expect so much? And so I think like the conversation about hypergamy has has no nuance and I think it's leading a lot of women astray And there's a lot of like high expectations and false expectations. There's a lot of encouraging behavior that doesn't incentivize women to prioritize emotional support and fulfillment over like getting manipulated. Mm -hmm. And very simply put, it's like what you were saying earlier. Like if, of course, most of us think we're celestial being in contrast to common men who we, yeah, who we do have superiority over in the dating sphere. But if we're not encouraged to develop oneself based on the theme of today's episode, then the learning and the growth has plateaued. (laughs) Yet our perception of ourselves has increased from proximity to trash. Oh my goodness. Ooh, Ooh, that is so true. I'm spiraling. I think everyone who's listening is spiraling. So when you go meet someone who's, you know, a quintessential catch and all you have is a roster of, you know, different kinds of single-use plastic for men that you've been dating (laughs) and men want a sustainable type bitch, you don't have the range. Literally. And that's a conversation that we need to be having. Like, it's a cool concept to expect that you can get reparations from romance. Unfortunately, you can't. And it also statistically will never benefit anyone. So we need to be thinking about that and like develop yourself within your range. (laughs) And because dating is about knowing your audience. You know Mm. what I mean? Yeah. Not everyone is for you. Like date within your audience, know who your audience is, and then you won't have to suffer. If you're unsure about like who your audience is or what your range is, how are you meant to find out? Because I'm sure the average Mm. person has an inflated Mm. sense of self just based on living inside your own head and caressing your ego every day. Yeah. And I'm sure most people think that they are the worthy party when it comes to dating. So are we all dating up when we should be dating down? It's every day, like, I'm trying to get rid of the toxic energy in my life. I'm dead. It's It's you. (laughs) Yeah, how can everyone be getting rid of toxic energy? I think it helps. Some, to, the math isn't adding up. Yeah, I feel like it helps to look at your friend, your friends, and look at what your friendship circle is because that that'll often reflect your a lot about you. Your like intelligence yeah. levels, your class, etc. Mm, and then also yeah, literally facts. just googling, like seeing. Okay, I want a millionaire. Who do and I and he has to be from Denmark. So what are if I Google millionaires in Denmark, what does it look like <laughs> they, they do? Dating? Yeah. Yeah. What spaces do they occupy? What people do they hang out with? Am I that kind of person? Am I willing to position myself as that kind of person? Um, yeah. But I think self-awareness. Yeah. I think critical thinking in women when it comes to dating 
has been a bit dulled mm. the past year or few years because we're so this men are trash again yeah we're comparing ourselves to trash men and so that the bar is low and i don't yeah. think we also means there's no accountability yeah i don't think i don't think we're really talking about how we can level up ourselves because that's offensive because women we're already there by by <laughs> virtue and wow. i don't think we are yeah this goes back what, what to the example i gave earlier about thought about thinking that i was resilient when i hadn't been building resilience and then being surprised <laughs> mm. when situations came about and I couldn't bounce back. Similarly, in these situations where, you know, we're all big bitches in the DMs talking about, like, I can get any man I want. And the moment you, you know, you settle for a bum and this bum takes you for granted, you're in the Bobo and Flex Facebook page talking about, can I have Ooh. some advice? <laughs> you know what I mean? So we need to go back to autonomy and actually building skills that are going to be conducive to getting the desired result not performing Mm -hmm. what it is to have these skills and Mm. then being broken when some guy you were seeing after three weeks has decided to screen you and ghost you like we haven't been talking about why we screen and ghost (laughs) (laughs) you know why He's not interested. I'm crying. Yeah. So I think we all intellectualize it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more clear than a guy who's into mm. you, okay? Like, if you have to even question whether a guy's into you, it's because he's mm. not. Mm. <laughs> and honestly, just that one thing will solve so much suffering. What if <laughs> so much suffering will end? What if your range is that that guy in your DM saying, you know, like, "Hey, oh no," and then five days later, "Hey, how you going?" And then oh, ten child. days later. Hey, Please I've seen you seen this message. This. How are you? Hey, maybe that's should your range. Should we internalize? Yeah, I'm wondering. Like, should we internalize that? If five, if eight out of ten DMs of that is that your range? Like, how do you know? Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! Mm-mm. You know what? I think dating is a sport. Like, I think you only learn through experience. Yeah, like you only know what you know who your audience is by dating. You just have to throw yourself in pussy first and navigate and allow yourself to be messy allow yourself to get hurt allow yourself to go go in with your clown suit and don't leave until you've taken your clown suit off like i feel like when it comes to dating you only learn by doing absolutely so you just have to do it question yeah and if that's your range that's your range how does one and i think themselves in the Con- in like in contrast to self development and romance. Sorry, how does one develop themselves mm. in romance if you don't know what you need to work on because you're not dating people who are going to encourage you to change anything about yourself? Oh, Ooh. interesting. But I guess then you don't. Like if that's your dating pool and you're happy with it, and you don't need yeah. to change. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I think dating gets complicated when we um, are in the field of hypergamy because then you do have to position yourself as a prize or something as an object. Yeah. But when you're dating out of hypergamy, it's really simple. I think it's just, yeah, it which is, you guys yeah. have talked about. Do you click on a like soul level? If you do, keep it pushing. Like, that's cool. But yeah. if you're going to be, if you're going to play in the field of hypergamy, you need to look the part. You need to be the part. It's acting. And like, you need to yeah. play a role, bitch. Yeah, you're playing a role. Yeah. Which is also why I think you'll benefit more, even financially, from just being with a man who loves you, as opposed to like being hypergamous. I say that only because a guy who is dating you because your titties are A plus and you're slim thick, you know, a guy who's dating you for aesthetics and you're dating him for money, he has no incentive to care about you. Like, why would he not manipulate you? Mm. 
what incentive does he have to actually continue giving you money? You know what I mean? Whereas I feel like just being with a guy who loves you, you'll be taking care... Like, a guy who loves you wants to take care of you financially. He wants to give you everything you want. Like, he wants to do all these things for you without you having to perform a role and without you having to objectify yourself for his gaze. So it's like, Hmm. why go through all the struggle? Unless you really are just dating to build your estate, in which case, like, I'm all with that. Hmm. But if you're not going in, if you're going, if you're dating hypergamously with the intent of pursuing love, that's when you become a clown. (laughs) Because it's like you could have just dated someone who loves you and you would have gotten all the money you wanted. You would have gotten the kids you wanted. You would have gotten your, like. (sighs) I'm finished. There's no intention. We need more intention. I wonder. I'll let you know. I feel like I could do both. I'll let you know how that goes for me. Yeah, I mean. (laughs) I think I can do both. I feel like. I definitely am understanding the value of money and I refuse to marry someone Mm. who has, if I marry someone who has my wealth, it has to be definitely much above that absolutely um yeah. but i also yeah, i'm just absolutely. gonna wear my feelers like i'm not gonna wear heels <laughs> or a yeah. body count so i'll let you know how that she works said. for me she i'll said, report I'll back just in what i've been doing <laughs> yes yes i don't change <laughs> that's the idea like date a nigga who is not broke but you can still look like aunt jemima around him yes like that's the idea <laughs> Yeah, wow. I'll let you know. That's it. 2022. I love that for us. <laughs> wow, this has been the best conversation. I loved this. It was wonderful. Um, thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming on and gracing us with your presence. Thank you so much for having me. It's been nice being sandwiched between two really opposing <laughs> opposing individuals. That's hot. I know. I like that this for you. is I know. <laughs> this is like a really sexy threesome. Love Where it. can we find you? Um, you can find me at Mukundwa underscore on Instagram. And I think just Mukundwa on Twitter. And then I have a podcast called I Said What I Said, which you can find on SoundCloud, iTunes and Spotify. Amazing. We're also going to be on Mukundwa's podcast next. Yes. Which is my favorite podcast of all time. And we'll link it in the description box below. What will we be talking about on your podcast? Oh, Chai, you caught me off guard. Um, we will be talking about... I'm just pulling up the notes. I'm pretty sure it's about... Okay, it's about uh, social media and anger as a business model. And mm. how social media like complicates and... Yeah, complicates identity politics, blackness, womanhood... Uh, and all those good things. So, so, yeah, social media, how that intersects with self. Amazing. So find us next on Makunra's podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. Let's continue this conversation in our Facebook group. And we're also on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at us, hashtag Bobo and Flex. Let's continue all the conversations and support us on Patreon. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.